Hello and welcome to Viva Pod Vegas. Uh, thank you very much for listening. This is episode 5, GI Blues from 1960, I think? Yes. Yeah. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we're back after 14 months. Pandemic Whoa. pandemic casualty this episode, yeah. this, this show. But uh, we're back here doing this thing and we're back with Elvis. Oh, so good to be back with E! This movie... A lot of fun to just be here. I'm just happy to be here, folks. <laughs> in the past year, aside from all the pandemic stuff, Amazon launched podcasts. And we put all mm. of our podcasts, all the Cage Club, when you go to cageclub.me to see all the podcasts. And we put this on Amazon. And all of our shows, relatively speaking, are not very popular. But mm-hmm. this show, compared to the rest, is immensely popular on Amazon. And I don't know why. Because we've gotten know. zero emails. So I don't know that people are actually listening. I don't know if people are confusing this for Elvis music. Mm. It's... So po- it's more popular on Amazon than any of our other shows anywhere else. And I don't know why. Hmm. I feel like if just half of the Elvis fans out there stumbled upon it, that's once. what once, yeah. right? Even by accident, like that might be what happened where they're like, oh, an Elvis podcast. And, you know, doesn't matter what it is. It's content for them, which is I, great. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I, I love those fans. Yeah, thank you, Amazon. I, I don't understand it because, like, again, the sort of the premise of this podcast is that neither of us have ever seen really any of Elvis's movies. Right, right. And we're seeing it for the first time and figuring it out. And mm-hmm. we're not really talking about the music. I mean, we're talking about the music in here. But, like, this album, so this is nominated for a Grammy for Best Soundtrack for G.I. Blues. Yeah. It did not win. It okay. lost to Ray Charles. All right. But there's, like, 13 or 14 songs. There's only 10 in the movie. And so, like, oh. I have a playlist ongoing on Spotify of the Viva Pod Vegas playlist. And, like... I didn't listen to those other three or four. Songs. I'm like, they're not in the movie. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. We're sort of dedicated to the movies at this point, and probably only the movies, to be honest. But, like, that's kind of interesting. Like, I don't know where else you'd fit those in, because, like, these movies at this point right now are pretty much, like, extended music videos yeah. in a way. Like, in a, stitched together with, like, little plot points and sketches is what it feels even like to the point where like this is the first movie where they put the reverb on his voice they're like we're not even gonna right. hide that he's singing in the movie like it's right, just like right. you're hearing the studio sound and like that's fine and like we yes. don't care we're just trying to sell like we know we're trying to sell albums like it's fine like that's what this movie is and so you know cool yeah yeah so there's almost a song every 10 minutes 10 to 5 minutes and it's like an hour and 40 minutes so you know you get like like you said like 10 songs or something like that like it's it's pretty packed yeah and there's, it's rare that there's more than, like, there's a couple scenes where there's, like, two, but, like, it's not like, hey, we're going to play five songs in a row. It's like, it's like there's, like, maybe seven or eight scenes that cover the ten songs, right? There's, yeah. like, there's a bunch of yeah. reasons. Well, they hit it well by making Elvis part of a band in this movie. Which, which we will talk about. I don't know if you remember, because we were talking oh. before we started recording that we have the, like, how forced is the music in this movie? Like, how, like, jamming yes. in, does is there a reason for Elvis to be singing mm-hmm. this many songs? And, like, movies like... Uh, jailhouse rock no not really no, but like no. king creole it's like yeah because he's a performer right? yeah, so, yeah yeah and in the cowboy ones like you might have a radio probably not but who else exactly. is going to do entertainment yeah. for you except you know your son or your brother so i don't remember if we did these at the beginning or the end i think it makes more sense to maybe do it at the beginning but if you remember i i, I don't remember this hard to say guess I, I do remember guessing what the next movie was going to be about so oh, right, here right. here's what we thought gi blues was about so you thought all right this is elvis goes to the army which he just starts in the army. He's yeah, not, yeah, he's yeah. The army. He that was a shock. Starts in the army. And you said it's a Don Draper situation where right, he just right. impersonates somebody. 
Does not happen. Not even close to that. No, no, no. I thought he was singing love songs via letters to a girl back home. Oh. There's like almost no mention of back home. Yeah. It's just like we're in Germany and we're going to yeah. bang German girls. And, and this is World War Two, right? I Or is it Vietnam? I think it's Vietnam, but they're in but Germany. They're, and they're in a pans. They're like I, Fury, I, you I, know, like the movie Fury yeah. is the opening scene, but I, not. But. Who, well, it's not. not, not they're in a, they're in a he, tank. Yeah. <laughs> they're in a tank. But they're talking about, you know, we're in Africa. Now we're in yeah. Germany. Started this war killing Nazis in Africa. Now we're killing Nazis in Germany. Or no, Germans in Africa. They never say Germans Nazi in, in the movie. No. So that's... So, okay, So because I, I Googled what war was in 1960. It's Vietnam. Yeah. But it does not feel like they're in Vietnam. No, because they'd be in Vietnam. It, it would be like in the jungle, right? Like Elvis doing weed in the jungle, listening to like rock music. The extent of the war in this movie is they're in the tank and they're shooting at buildings and then the tank breaks, and then they just hang out in the town. <laughs> this feels probably based on Elvis's war experience, where they just kind of like, oh, oh, man, damn it, Elvis has to go to war because it's the law. But, like, let's just, like, put him somewhere safe and stick him in somewhere where there's not a lot of, like, stuff going on. I'm glad you mentioned that, because one of the bits of trivia is that the princesses of Denmark, Norway, and Sweden, and the king of Thailand, as well as other royals, visited the studio to meet Elvis. So it was like, I hmm. I thought it was, like, one of those, like, they met him in, in war, but they just, it was probably like, we can't really, like, I think he met Marilyn Monroe because she was doing a USO tour so like oh. they're probably like hey like you're in war wink wink but right like, right he's more or less touring I yeah. don't want to besmirch his name I don't know he might have been he might have been in combat I don't know but like this movie seems to be like yeah just go play war <laughs> yeah. uh, keep him out of harm's way because like if Elvis the wunderkind dies yeah. in war yeah. it's like this it's is a tragedy specimen. exactly I think that's even where he met Priscilla maybe her father was like a general or something I could be wrong about that but that seems to be stuck in my head interesting I'm trying to think of like who that would be today going to war as like a singer. Like, what if the little Nas X got drafted or something? It would he be like you'd have perform an SNL well, last I, night. I mean, it was great, but you'd have to like stick him somewhere safe. You know, like where's the least amount of like action going on? Because you know, you can't lose that guy. That's just the kind of mentality. This is a two-year gap because remember the crazy thing about his movies is that from the first movie in 1956 to his 31st movie in 1969, wow. he does it all in a very tight window, right? Yeah. yeah. But there's a two-year gap. King Creole, the last movie we did. So good. 1958. So actually, we took time off like Elvis. Like, that's, hey, that's, that's how we're going to do it. Hey. We took time off. He took two years off. We took a year off. When's the next movie? About se- seven months? <laughs> same year. I don't know. Same year. <laughs> also, the same thing. Like, we'll get to her. But, you know, uh, what's her name? Janet Prowse? Oh, oh, I don't have my cast list in front of me. So Juliet Prowse. Rely on you. Is that Lily? She's that... Lily. Uh, she's a dancer, obviously, because they're like, clearly. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. But she's best known for this movie and also Can Can, which also came out in 1960. So, like, very famous Can Can. So, let's go some through some trivia and some background on this movie before we get into the movie. I sent you I sent you a little tidbit from my Blu ray cover or my DVD cover. Oh, yes. Please hit us with that. I have to go back into the archives, folks. Hold on a second here. Boop, bop. Here we go. There it is. Oh, I've found it exactly same time as you did so i sent this to joey this is on my dvd on the back cover it says question the real gi blues how much of a pay cut did elvis take when he went into the army yep answer a hundred thousand dollars a month salary dropped to 78 dollars that's a lot yeah. that's a big drop yeah that's doing it for your country or for the for the world actually i guess right like at that point when no America i like i like involved. you saying do it for your country because it reminds me of greece too you gotta do it 
for, for your, your country. country. The red, white, and blue. That's like that, but that's literally like you have to have sex for your country because the country's counting on you to bang me in this underground bunker. A lot of war babies out there. Recently on High School Slumber Party, Brian was like, I need to have Joey on to talk about Greece too. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll yeah. talk about Greece too. Also, in Dream a Little Dream, a girl in high school is dressed up like the girl in Greece too with the sort of like Dixie hat or the sailor uniform yeah. and everything. That's that song. Yeah, yeah. She's in Dream a Little Dream. A beautiful, beautiful thing. As an Easter egg. So Elvis's army career began in 1958. By 1960, it had been two years since he had made his last film, King Creole. Despite his previous three films being mostly slammed by critics, they eventually warmed to both King Creole and its star, which left Elvis optimistic and excited to return to Hollywood to continue his career. All so right, he's good. like, they all hated me, but now that I'm gone, it's like, you know, you love what you can't have. <laughs> Come on, eat. And this movie gets mixed reviews or whatever, but like, it's fine. It was originally called Christmas in Berlin. Which okay. I don't think there's a mention of time of year. This is Christmas? I guess so. Then Cafe Europa, which is the cafe where Lily dances. Oh, that's cool. All and right. then G.I. Blues. All right. I have a title written out somewhere. I'll look for it while you keep talking. It should not be a surprise because of the title card at the beginning of this movie, but the U.S. Army supplied the tanks and the vehicles on the maneuvers to be used in filming because this is like mm. made in full support of the U.S. Army and military and armed forces or whatever. It's like, okay. Uh, I mentioned earlier that the soundtrack was nominated for two Grammy Awards, both Best Soundtrack, which, oh, the soundtrack lost to Can Can, so another Juliet Prowse thing, so I, I was wrong. Oh, okay. But then Best Vocal Performance Album Male lost to Ray Charles, the genius of Ray Charles. All right. And then also that year, Elvis had another two or three Grammy noms. I think he had like five total for the song Are You Lonesome Tonight, which is not from this, which I'm guessing is going to be the next movie. Oh, Maybe. Oh, that's a good song. That all lost to Ray Charles, too. So like Ray Charles like swept the Grammys. Yeah, year. man. It's the 60s now. Times are changing a bit. Yeah. Uh, despite the European locale, all of Elvis's scenes were filmed in Hollywood, which oh. I, I don't know if you could tell that some of these movies are green screen, but uh, or whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> well, technology was it, at the time. It's funny because part of this movie becomes like a Bond film with like the travel log where she starts pointing out landmarks yeah. and locations and you're like, well, that's real interesting. But it's like clearly they're just not there. Yeah. <laughs> The third armored division in this movie is Elvis's division, and it also was oh. in real life, too. So that's uh, true to life. That's where he was, I guess, stationed. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, I just real quick about the army approving this movie, like, that is just wild. Like, they're like, yep, this fits. This is the exact image and propaganda that we want to portray the military to be like. Come come, join the military and get laid is basically the message. Yeah. So Michael Curtiz, Curtiz? Curtiz, the guy who mm -hmm. did Casablanca. Okay. Uh, he directed King Creole as well. Yeah. He was going to direct this as well, but then instead, uh, Hal, uh, no wait, director Norman Torog took over, and then this is the first of nine collaborations between right. Elvis and Torog. So yes. this is like his guy for a while, I think, right? Okay. Here is a thing that um, I'm going to warn you where it troubled me when I first saw it. This is the film that's generally regarded as the one that set the mold for every Elvis musical to follow. Like, okay. they're going to follow this yeah. path. I mean, this guy directs nine more, right? Yeah. Or whatever. That makes sense. I kind of felt it while we were watching it, where they're like, this feels more like a product mm -hmm. than something natural, really, where they're like, we got the album coming out. We need the movie to accompany, yep. accompany that. Yep. And Elvis hasn't been on screen in two years. Like, yep. give them all they got. It also serves as a turning point for his on-screen persona, because up until then, he was typically like a shy, unassuming country boy like we see yeah, him yeah but now he's like a man right oh, like he's a, he's slick, a cocksmith as uh, <laughs> as wiki calls him a slick articulate bon vivant bon vivant i mean he's a player yes yes <laughs> he kicked the hayseed says wiki and he'd stay on the hip side but he never apparently he could not speak without his accent well his so, name's like, tulsa yeah, in this he's from movie. Oklahoma. Yeah, so exactly. that's how they got around that. Yeah, uh, but it's like he always comes from the south because he can't kick the accent. But they're like, he's a cool southerner. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> it been, too bad he never made a sci-fi film where like maybe the south won and like he's from the north in the future and everyone just talks like that. Would be cool. 
so we talk a lot when we did Cage Club, the Nicholas Cage podcast, oh, or to right. kick this off. We talked about like the genres he did and didn't cover, right? Yeah. And like, I don't know what we're gonna get. Like, I assume that like they're all gonna be the same, but also like maybe like I don't think we're gonna get genres. I think we're gonna get locales, right? Yes. Like, he's yes. in Hawaii now. He's right. in here now. He's, he's in here now. Yeah. He's at the raceway. He's yeah. on the beach, you know. But he'll never be on the moon, unfortunately, or like Not yet. fighting a giant spider in the desert or anything like that. Wouldn't it be cool if in um, Ad Astro when they're on that moon buggy, it's just like Elvis just hanging out like a concert or for Steve the- Rogers? Yeah. Yeah, and then, like I said, one went on break from... Oh, no, sorry, no. I, I thought... I got this wrong, too. I thought Marilyn Monroe was the USO tour. She visited him in Paramount, so, like, it was fine. I don't know what he did in the Army. I thought it was all these Metal East people, but that was all in right. Hollywood, so... He probably uh, played golf with that guy who always played golf and was, like, known as the USO tour guy. Holds the record. Bob Hope. Bob Hope, folks. Oh, it's yes. Bob Here we go. So he was meeting with Bob Hope and playing some Bob Hope's holes. service for the USO. Yes. Yes, sir. All right. So let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about G.I. Blues. So there are 10 songs in this movie. Actually, okay, hold on. First, I want to go through the taglines. Okay. Because the taglines for this are a real mixed bag. <laughs> tagline. First tagline. 10 great songs. All right. I mean, they're not all great, but that is a bizarre way to sell your movie. Yep. Then the one that I tweeted, because uh, the only one in all capital letters, because there's no content moderation, I guess, on IMDb. Elvis says, the gay singing sensation, toast of the world's girls, envy of every man in the army. Yes, which, well, gay had a different context sure in did. 1960. However, shower scene. Yes, which we will talk about. <laughs> uh, the rollicking story of America's loving GIs. I mean, closer. Yeah. Swing out and sound off with Elvis. Yeah, that's pretty much the best. I mean, he's not in the Navy, though. It sounds like he's in the Navy. In Although there way. is the song where it's like, you know, we're going to get in along with Navy. our Navy men. Well, not no. that one. <laughs> Your favorite star is again in the lead. That was Finland's tagline. That has nothing to do with the plot. That could be any movie. <laughs> Elvis scores a singing triumph and a romantic hit. I mean, what's your definition of romance these days? <laughs> I don't know. Possibly. And once again, swing out and sound off with Elvis Presley. Okay. I mean, I get, I see the theme here. They're just trying to avoid, like, the real plot <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. We're going to... Sex bet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the real name of this movie. Sex bet. The sex bet. Can we bed this icy cold woman who will never sleep with a GI? The coldest girl in the hottest town meets Is it Elvis. the hottest town? Well... Frankfurt, I don't I mean, know, Frankfurt is a pretty hot... I mean, this whole song about the Frankfurt special, right? And it's swinging. Like, it is on fire. I mean, it's not burning on fire, but, like, they're having a great time there. So let's get into the movie. So Elvis plays Special... Spec 5? Specialist 5, maybe? Tulsa McLean, a tank gunner. Tulsa McLean is a pretty yeah. pretty hard name. <laughs> not spelled like John McLean. M-C-L-E-A-N, but uh, still action star, right? Yeah, yeah. Is this the most action? Uh, I guess it's not. There's no action. There's, they shoot a tank. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I tricked my brain, I tricked my brain <laughs> thinking it's an action movie because I read a sentence with the word tank in it. Well, like, right off the gate, like, I can't believe we're starting at war. There's, like, a reel missing from this movie they never decided to bother with. Him which enlisting? is Enlisting, drafted, right? Yeah, yeah. Drafted. I feel like if they're just, like, that's more of like the message I was expecting to start with. It's like I got I got drafted, Mama. It's for my country. Like all this kind of like do your duty. We like, missed out on that boot out camp there. songs. Boot camp. Exactly. I thought that would be maybe like over the titles at least. Nope. None We're just there. We are yeah. just in war. War adjacent, maybe wherever they are. <laughs> I do like that they keep Elvis as like a good old country boy because like he she blows up this building. He's like you should sing with a slingshot. It's like okay. I mean you have a tank, but I like how he's the gunner. That's pretty cool. Who was the gunner in Fury? Was that, uh, I think that was um, I don't the Punisher, right? Or maybe job. it was Shia. Got a bit of a Shia vibe. Because we got Brad Pitt as the captain. We got Shia. We got John Bernthal. A couple yeah. other people that are awesome that I can't remember. Yeah, the guy from um, 
and watch Michael Pena. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not that movie here. However, I was like, wow, how far we've come as far as depicting war. Logan Lerman is the other one. Yep. Okay. One thing Elvis does twice that I don't remember him doing in this movie, and this is all before we get to the first song, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that he does a sassy and mocking voice where somebody says something, he's like, somebody has to make out the report. Like, just like, yeah. something. It's like, dude, you're Elvis. All right. He's such a goofball in this movie. It's amazing. Like, he, he has no sort of, like, I don't want to say, like, shame or anything like that, but, like, he doesn't care, really, that he looks dumb. Like, that's kind of... I feel like that's what he wants to come across. It's like, I'm a normal dude. Like, I, I could poke fun at myself. Yeah. Like, I know I'm kind of silly. And yeah. he really goofs it up in this. He does, which I guess is good. It's because there's one of two ways you can go when you're as handsome as Elvis, right? It's just like, don't make fun of me. Like, he's very self-aware, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like, he's mm-hmm. just like, you know, like, I, I have the confidence. Like, I know what I, I know who that's I am. That's it. Right? So like, it's good that yeah. he fell on the right side of history. I think so. But yeah, the first song in the movie is What She Really Like, comes six and a half minutes in. The shirtless Elvis singing in the shower. Singing in the shower. And Where's so my soap? There is, there's four dudes taking a shower. Interestingly, maybe one dude divider, one dude divider, Elvis and another dude, no divider. And they're just oh, like, Oh, you know, I didn't same, catch that. I think, I think, I think. Okay, okay. What She Really Like, just singing about, uh... Dude, I all oh, man, all I was thinking is like people must have been losing their minds. I don't know how this even got past the censors during the time, just because it, of the controversy surrounding Elvis and his like when he was like coming out like as a dance, like you know, oh look, look at him dance, he's so suggestively sexual, and now they're showing him take a shower. So this is, I'm glad you also brought that up. I was going to get to this later, but there is a baby born out of wedlock in this yeah, movie. Yeah. And that Elvis toward the end, like like part of the big climax here is Many that Elvis, Elvis. is a babysit him, right? And like he sings little boots to it, right? Or big boots. What's the same what's the name of the song? I couldn't catch all the names. I, I got all yeah. that don't worry about that. It was right? like the boot song. Big boots this song. as a lullaby, right? But like he's babysitting this baby because the baby's parents are going off to get married to make an honest baby out of it or whatever, right? <laughs> We're gonna make an honest baby out of you. This was a daring plot device in nineteen sixty, which is generally so this is the year, nineteen sixty, apparently the year that a Hollywood production code began to crack. Oh, okay. so I know that you on your Monsters of Made a show, you've right. been talking about how like so much has to be fall in line with like what is allowable, yeah. right? Because you're still just in the starting. 30s, it's right? just starting yeah. up. Yeah. So 1960 seems to be like a line in the sand. Like we're Amazing. going to like just do our own thing, and so that's pretty, what's happening. You know, that's kind of funny. It happened the same way with the comics code, where eventually people just stopped like abiding by it, you know, and like shit just kept slipping through more and more to the point where it's like it's nothing anymore. There is still, I think, an adherence to the old way because in this movie, Elvis and Lily never sleep together, but mm-hmm. they just make out. Yeah. And then yeah. after two dates and like she finds out about the bet, and we'll talk about the ending. He's like, you want to get married? She's like, yeah. It's like, wait, what? Hold on. There's, there's like a whole courtship thing that you didn't do. Like there's a whole like, but it's again, we know that they're about to sleep together or whatever, but like, let's have it be okay with God. Yeah. Yeah. But Elvis is the only one that's not sort of. Because, like, his friend Cookie, he's making out with the girl on the couch. They turn the lights off. Yeah. And then, then it gets interrupted. But, like, they were going to go all the way, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of that in this movie. Yet, the whole – and I guess it's maybe a joke or whatever, just, like, what he has to, what he has to quote, unquote, has to say. But he's just like, you know, I'm not that kind of guy. Like, I just want to go back and read and listen to the grammar funk. She's like, I don't have a grammar funk. He's like, oh, that's okay. We can make our own music. It's like, whoa, okay, hold on. And then they go back and, like – but she is very clearly DTF, like, the entire time. She's just like, oh, this right, is a good-looking right, right. American dude. Like, I'm an, I'm an Italian woman. I'm I'm open with my sexuality. Uh, <laughs> but he's like, slow down. Like, he's the one, like, pumping the brakes. But, like, a little he's, bit. Yeah, whatever. So the first song, what she really like, is just about, you know – Elvis in love with the girl, and like you know the girl I talk about all the time. What she really like? She's wonderful. Just making you, just making sure you know. Even though I'm in a shower with a bunch of guys, you've got it for a girl. Yep. We find out that Elvis has a band, 
Yeah, what were their names? The Three Blazers? Three Blazes. The Three Blazes. Yes. Because they only say it like once, I think. We're the hottest combo this side of the Rhine. Okay, a, a bit about this band. Two guitarists and a bass player. So they always have to use the house drummer or like the house piano player. You know, if they want horns or... I guess in this, the accordion, they need the house accordion guy. Well, I think what's good about it is that they they know that Spinal Tap has a curse with drummers. And so, mm. like, we're just not even going to do a drummer. Spontaneously like if, combust. If the drummer explodes, it's not our problem. It's the house's problem. Well, if I couldn't have rock and roll, I guess as long as I had sex and drugs, <laughs> be fine. Exactly. I was looking at my watch, though, going like, huh, nine minutes and 59 seconds, no song yet. What's going on here? And then, as if on cue. Well, yeah, so we have the, the, the Elvis song in the shower, which I think is in the first 10 minutes, but then we get to the restaurant, right? This is where the three blazes, and like, this is yeah. this is how they shoehorn in, hey, he's a singer, he's got to do this thing. Frankfurt, I believe, is where they're stationed. Yes. And they want to own their own nightclub, and there's like this whole muddy backstory where they owe the oh, sergeant God. $300. And they're, like, constantly scamming him out of money. They're like, no, you're an investor. You're your partner now. We wouldn't screw you over. But, like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know why that's there, really. Okay, so so that whole thing leads up to the, the bet because they invest – they put their investment yeah. – and they use it for the bet to get the rest of their money because the Sarge has caught on to them and been like, I already gave you $300. I'm, I, I'm not going to give you another $300. And they're like, okay, like he's not, he's in, but we need to get like raise more money. Because there's historically, there's this beautiful woman, this dancer, Lily, and she will like have a nice night with gentlemen, but like they, they don't come inside her apartment. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not like, that's not like a metaphor. Like they just, she, she, she does not <laughs> well, They don't them, do that either. She does not let them into her place. Like it's just right, like, you right. know, I hang out, but like it's, but because she hasn't met like the right, but you know, she hasn't met Elvis yet. And so these guys are like, <laughs> they know that they have the ace up their sleeve, which is Elvis Presley. This all, this all goes down, I guess, after that, that whole, we got to talk about their first performance also. But regarding the bet, they run into like another sort of like guy who never strikes out, right? I guess he's in another platoon or something. And then... No, he struck out once. Okay, I'm sorry. He did strike out yes. once because no one scores with that person ever. Yeah. That whole bet thing is like the guy who's supposed to do the bet gets sent to like Antarctica. So Elvis has to like step in unwillingly. And he doesn't want to do of, it. Yeah, to sort of like fill the shoes of the Because he has a quote, with me romancing a girl as a hobby, not a business. It's like, well, okay. Like he's he's got the right intentions, but he's still privy to the bet. Yeah. the whole... Okay, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but the whole time I'm like, it's so clear how this movie ends it's so clear the movie ends oh yeah yeah and they I've still mess up the ending like oh no yeah because i wrote there's 10 minutes left how are they going to resolve this it's going to end in like two seconds yeah because the whole thing is like she finds out like she's supposed to find out what the bet with like half an hour left at least and, and they split up and like elvis is heartbroken and then like he wins her back right and here he never tells her about the bet she only finds out because the dumb army men across the street are like giving yeah, money and she she's overhears. like what's going on She's like, I'm not sure what exactly what that is. And then they're backstage at a USO tour, and she's still happy to see Elvis. He's happy to see her. And then the sergeant's like, so who won the bet? It's like, dude, <laughs> yeah. she's right here. And like, he like points her like, who won the bet? It's just like, what? They're like, excuse me, ma'am, no disrespect, but did he bang you? <laughs> like, <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, I'm okay with it. And then like they get married. No, the, her problem was like, you borrowed a baby from somewhere oh, right. to yes, try yes, and yes, get yes, me yes, back. Yes, yes, and, yes. and then she finds out it really was a babysitting, was babysitting. gig. And that kind of upset her more than finding out she was part of a bet this could have just been like so simple 
It blows your mind. It's honestly impressive that they messed it up because, like, it it's is so easy. Do you it's think so easy to this do? This isn't like the first time this story's been told, and not the last time, right? Like, this is in like Shakespeare or or, or Plato or something, right? I'm like this guess, concept. I'm gonna guess there's nothing new in any Zelda movies. No, but I'm just saying that whole idea of like she's yeah, yeah. all that, or yeah, you know, yeah. it's the same thing over and over again. I wonder if that is like part of an ancient play, or you know, that someone's been dusting off for centuries to just like redo with Elvis and redo with. Freddie Prince Jr. or whoever. Hey, Paul Walker's and she's all that? Oh, yeah. He's the main guy who, who places the bet. He's the Turk from this movie. <laughs> okay, so there's the play. Yeah, so this is, it's based on Pygmalion. Oh, okay. G.D. Shaw's Pygmalion, which came out in 1913. Oh, yeah. So is sort of um, A Star is Born is sort of the same yeah. kind of thing. We also mentioned that with the uh, Can't Buy Me Love. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then My Fair Lady seems to be, like, one of the first. Like, She's All That is also based on My Fair Lady. Right. Okay. Yeah, like Pygmalion. Yeah, I knew there was something there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Adaptations. My Fair Lady, Pygmalion. Oh, these are all films. Hoi Polloi, Pygmalion, Kitty, My Fair Lady, opening of Misty Beethoven, She's All That, and The Duff, which is the recent one. Jeez Louise, there's a lot. And then a bunch of TV and stuff like that. Yeah. And then a bunch of movies reference it, too. So, yeah, it's it's not by any means. But, yeah, this, like, 1913, like, GB shot, right? So It's kind of, I'm going to call it out pretty lazy to do that in this premise you know like we already mentioned how cool it would have seen to have seen him as a civilian to see him in training yeah. to see him get shipped out like yep. all that stuff is like half the movie and then let him go to war let him be in battle i mean do they not want to show elvis shoot a gun is that sort of like i can't imagine because he's probably selling bb guns or something i don't know man i it i i do wonder how much was like image control and like i read the wiki i read the imdb like there's nothing about that like i don't know but was it i mean like was his sexuality his masculinity ever called into question while he was alive i mean look at this movie as like i swear to god he loves girls 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 like this movie is about how how crazy it is and how girls are awesome and like there just seems to be more of like a um, message going on to be like, don't worry, girls, Elvis still loves you. I don't know. Oh, even when he's away at war and there's no girls around, he'll still find a girl. And Kinda, he could be that yeah. girl or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, wait for him. He'll be back. So they're at the club about to perform their first song as a band, G.I. Blues. But did you recognize, and I don't, again, hair blindness maybe, but did you recognize one of the girls that, that the sergeant picked from? I think it's the redhead. Do you recognize the girl? We talked about her recently. No. Britt Eklund. Still not ringing a bell. Britt Eklund is the girl that Charlize plays. Oh not my gosh. Peter, Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers. That's so crazy. Former wife and the Bond girl in whatever yeah. Bond movie I've watched recently. The she's man with also, the golden gun, I think, was yes, the one? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And she's also Charlize Theron's character in The Life and Death of Peter Sellers. That's wild that here she is again. This is her film debut. Okay. Mm -hmm. She got picked to sit with the sergeant. I was like, oh, okay. But, like, I think she's the redhead from what I read. Because the redhead is the one who gets picked, right? And she yes. falls in love with Elvis. Yeah. But, like, I didn't recognize her. I don't know. But you had figured, like, oh, that's the one that probably went on to have, like, to be the Bond girl if she's being singled out as the most beautiful or something. Yes. So they're playing G.I. Blues at the restaurant. Uh, what do you think of G.I. Blues? I love this song, but I hate the way this performance is portrayed because there's just no energy. Like, he's... Yeah. He doesn't really know his his energy. And, on set. Be, and this is supposed to be they're supposed to be selling this like their yeah. band. Like this is supposed to be like their marquee performance. It looks like he's talking the song on stage. Like he doesn't quite know how to lip sync. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't like rehearse enough. Maybe they didn't choreograph anything like that. But it's basically just. It almost like didn't sync up at times, but I love the song and, you know, I'm still with the movie. And the premise of this song is that he's just frustrated because he wants to be a hero. They won't let him. He wants to make out with the girls. They won't let him. He just can't wait to go home and just like re resume his normal life. Yeah. Yeah. There's, Which, no, there's no war to war. This movie then betrays immediately. <laughs> right. 
So I think the wildest thing that's happened in almost any movie I've watched recently is happens in this sequence that just baffles me well, so hard. Yes, so that, so that. But before that happens, we get, we get another song which is doing the best I can. Mm-hmm. Is that the slower one, maybe? Or yeah, it's more of a ballad, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because it gets interrupted. It's just like how he's not good enough for a girl. He's trying to impress a girl. He's a dreamer. He's a fool. I mean, he's doing the best he can. It's not good enough for you. And it's just like, oh, Elvis. E. Think higher of yourself, Elvis. So, yeah. So then, okay. So then the craziest thing in the world happens. There's another military guy. Yeah. He is tired of Elvis getting all the attention in the room. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I'm going to put on another song. I'm going to go to the jukebox. And he yep. puts on Blue Suede Shoes by Elvis Presley. <laughs> so this movie posits a world in which Elvis exists. Oh, man. But the Elvis we know is not that Elvis. Yes. Yes. Because our Elvis is Tulsa McLean. So that means that back home... No, it doesn't, because that Elvis has also been sent to war, right? Right. <laughs> but I guess this was one... I, okay. So I wrote, so, <laughs> this is actually Elvis, or a lookalike that sings to, right? Like, I don't he's know, man. also a performer. In no this, one ever says, hey, you know who you look like? Right. No, yeah, exactly. So in this movie, Elvis Presley plays Tulsa McLean, who is a handsome singer-songwriter performer. Yes. Who looks like Elvis. Who happens to look like Elvis, a handsome singer-songwriter performer. Who's in the army. Who's also in the army. In the same universe, Elvis Presley exists, yep. who has written Blue Suede Shoes, mm-hmm. and ostensibly has gone to war. Yeah. If we're led to believe Elvis goes to the 3rd Division, Tulsa McLean in the 3rd Division, <gasps> he's in the same division as Elvis, so there's two Elvises, that's the movie. So is, is this a... That is the movie. That's it's, the movie. I think we're going to get Kiss, the, the double Elvis split screen. They're both cousins with different colored hair movies. Is that Kissing Cousins? It might be. I'm not positive, but we're definitely going to get two Elvis on screen. That would have been great. Also, closer to my Don Draper theory that he is going to assume Elvis. Oh, man. That's such a better movie. <laughs> That's such a better movie. Oh, my God. We got to make that movie and then use like a CGI Elvis to do it and everybody, everything will look like it's in the 60s and the weirdest thing is that when the guy plays the song he says and I quote I wanted to hear the original I, I'm, I'm even more confused because that's not Elvis on stage that's Tulsa McLean and it's not the song that Tulsa's playing no it also sounds nothing like any of the other songs in the movie yeah it's so strange one of the most amazing perplexing things in a movie almost ever And that's not even, like, exaggerating. Like, we're standing here. We're sitting. We're not standing. But we're sitting here sort of, like, looking at each other. We've hit this wall of, like, how did this happen? There are two insane things that happen in this movie, and this is one of them. We'll get to the other one shortly. But this is the one, like, if... I'm almost certainly going to forget everything about all these movies almost immediately because that's just what happens in my brain. But, like, if I am to remember one thing about this movie, it's got to be this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you see something like this in any movie, you'll never forget it. Like, even if you turn it off and never see whatever else is in it or whatever, you're like, that's the movie where this happened. Right. I don't know. So there's a bar fight because, of course, there's a bar fight because Elvis's friends are like, you're disrespecting Elvis. Yeah. Then a bar fight. Elvis on the way out throws the guy, the owner, money. He's like, here's here's the the peanuts or whatever. Like, we spilled the peanuts. Great moment. Slams the door. Glass shatters. Great bit. Elvis comes back. Sorry. I wanted to throw more. Just like not even see. I was just throw another dollar through the door or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, Would have yeah. been great. Didn't happen. Fade to black. Yeah, that was a nice little bit. That was a nice little like cartoony vaudeville bit. They have the train ride, right, to go to Frankfurt. And this is where he sings the song Frankfurt Special with the fellow GIs on the train. And this is about, uh, they heard rumors from the bases that Frankfurt girls got pretty faces. Yes. Go special go, blow whistle blow. Frankfurt special's got a special way to go. Whoa, whoa. The train song with the electric guitar solo performed on an acoustic guitar. (laughs) If you notice that, Elvis is playing in the room and he's the only one on the guitar and suddenly it's like... 
What I love about the performance here is that whenever he sings whoa, they all stand up and then they all come back down. Yeah. In the verse, it ends with farewell, Fraulein, don't you cry. You'll soon get another GI. Even though GI Blues established, they're not allowed to make out with these or not, you know, they're not allowed to make passes. But like this song's like, no, we're banging them and they're going to get another one soon. Yeah. It's just like on the official notice, don't bang them. But like everybody wants to even their sergeant is like get me a date you yeah. know everyone it's just you know and i do wonder and i'm sure it's also going around but like it feels like because they have a sergeant who was willing to betray the rules mm. they're more free to betray the rules mm-hmm. possibly because if you have like a real stickler of a sergeant it's gonna be harder for you to sleep around right because at the end the guy comes up and was going to transfer elvis for the bet and then he finds out that, like, Elvis called it off. And he's like, oh, well, you called it off. I yeah. don't have to. And you guys are going to get married now? Then yep. okay. <laughs> yep. But Elvis almost ended up in Antarctica, too. So we get to Frankfurt. We get to Cafe Europa. And this is something new, I think, to an Elvis mm-hmm. movie where it's like, yeah, this is a showcase for Elvis. But this is also a showcase for Juliet Prowse. Because yeah. there are two, I'm going to say, way too long dance sequences. <laughs> like, probably three minutes each. Yeah, yeah. Where it's cool, but it's so much. Yes. And, and also, like... To a certain extent, I can imagine, like, you and your lady in 1960 go to the movies, and she's like, I need to see Elvis. He's so dreamy. And they're like, I want to see this. So, like, here, we're going to put a lady on stage. And maybe it's different because it's 60 years ago. But it doesn't feel – she's got, like, a short skirt or something on. But it doesn't feel sexy. It just feels right. like, okay. Yeah, it feels, like, burlesque, right? Like, mm-hmm. And even today, the idea behind that is sort of like, well, this is the old style or right. old school kind of thing. So, yep. like, if – and if Can Can – was her bat was her right. thing right like this is probably like what she's known for so they kind of i bet tailored it to her i like the second dance more than the first dance but i like that she dances on the piano that dude that's a cool angle and stuff uh what i was more surprised about is that like there's another performer in this movie it's not just like elvis mm-hmm. but like they're showcasing a whole other performer and she's going to be the second lead yeah. and it's like wow that i mean she's a dancer she'll sing a little bit it's not like she steals his act. Right. That's, I think, the, that's the new thing. It's something else, too. And she's complimentary. Yeah. And not just any, like, she's kind to him, but, like, she adds to him without taking, without stealing his thunder. Right. It's not like they have another singer who's like, hey, there's another singer or whatever. It's like, no, we're not going to do Like, we yeah. know Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like Elvis in this movie is known for his dancing only, right? It's no, not like he, he comes he, out and does, like, a 10-minute For dance. a guy who's known for his, like, you know, his gyrations or whatever that, like, send people, like, mm-hmm. he just kind of stands still most of this he movie. He bops a lot, right? Yeah. Like, he bops, he, he does that yeah. thing with his shoulders. So, you know, that, that very podcast thing that you can tell yeah, I'm you doing can see right it. now. You can see it. You can hear it in his voice. It's moving around. <laughs> Ostensibly to impress Lily, they're like, e, go on stage and sing the song Shopping Around. Oh, my God. His boys are so annoying and horrible and just, like... Oh, man, they are just cranked up to 11. It feels like they're on speed. Well, what's nice to a certain extent is that they are awful, but it's like, let's just get out of here. Let's get away from them. I don't like them either. And then that's sort of like what sort of softens. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he kind of plays hard to get or whatever. Yeah. Shopping around is like how he's been looking for the right girl. And mm-hmm. then he finds her and he's sold on you. Hey, baby, I'm sold on you. So yeah, he so found Lily. We're shopping around. Oh, well, good for him that he could actually shop around for people like the way he does. Like, I go to, a, I go to the girl store. I'm trying to be <laughs> relatively neutral neutral or impartial about these, but it's also like these are all terrible sexual politics. Yes, yes. This movie is frightening, I guess. I'll just say at times, like, I'm watching it going like, oh, man, the army approved this? Well, there's, like, the imperial, like, you know, like, we're instilling democracy around the world, but we're also, like, fathering half-American children all around the world because yeah. it's like... That's it's, the thing. I think to a certain extent, and maybe this is just like the lens of history where it's like, 
there is the appealing, like, handsome American military man in good shape or whatever who, like, just comes in. And, like, there's, you know, girls want to have a fling. But it's also, like, probably also a lot of rape. Like, Fury. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was like, the, I'm, kind I'm of saying. Like, it was kind of rapey a lot of the time. Yeah, not that. Not everybody's Captain America over there. Not you know? and Steve Rogers. Not Sometimes other people are other oh, Captain America. Not that guy. Jack Daniels, right? So they also tell Paul Lily. Walker? No, I mean, Jack. Johnny Walker. Sorry, Johnny Walker. John Walker? John Walker. John yeah. Walker. I knew it was a I knew it was like a whiskey or something. You were close. You got there. We got there. They're 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 feeding her lies about how wealthy Elvis's family is. He's a son of an oil millionaire. He wouldn't take a single penny of it. When he's like that's not true. That's sort of when like because I, I feel to a certain extent probably true that like all these attractive women are being lied to mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And then Elvis being like, yeah, that's not true. I'm just a guy. I'm just a dude. It's just yeah. like it feels refreshing in a way, even though they're, this movie is doing everything it can to have Elvis be the upstanding one in the middle of a, a wave of yes. horrific shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is He's very much succumbed to peer pressure in this. This is not his idea. He really didn't want to be a part of any of this. I don't think he... Did he even put the money up for the bed? Or I think that might have been like his other buddy or something. I can't recall exactly. It's crazy because it's personified in that one moment that speaks volumes where she's coming out... Lily's coming off stage and there's sort of like that old dude with the mustache that just like grabs her yeah and like caresses her and she puts the beer on his head and all that kind of stuff and ends up sort of telling elvis like i just used you to get away from like a, a worse guy but yeah, like so i don't think you're a catch either thank you for your services but we're parting ways mm-hmm. that he like you know he, he's honest to her then they have a kind of like a little like date they go around they go to a german club elvis mm-hmm. is like you have no rhythm i need to show you how to ooze rhythm ooze what is ooze what is ooze so this is when they're saying tonight is so right for love Pretty good. Good number. Upbeat. More upbeat stuff. And again, once again, it's just about how I'm on a date with a girl and tonight's a night for love and like your eyes are so beautiful in, this, in, the, in the night sky and just, you know, yeah, let's make out. Elvis singing here, Elvis singing there. They're just going to go on like this singing tour, which is pretty good. And, and Elvis is fun. Like, I like watching him doing his thing. Like, you know, uh, he looks like he's having a good time. I'm having fun watching him do his thing. Yep. And the important thing is that narratively, this endears him to her. So she's like, Hey, come back. I'll cook you dinner. It's like, whoa, okay. Because this girl who mm-hmm. never, ever, ever, ever invites people back is now like, hey, Elvis, after seemingly like an hour of your company, come back to my place. And it's just like, oh, okay. Meanwhile, though, which right. we do not know this is going to interfere. This is what you mentioned before, that Cookie, his like handsome blonde, you know, because there's the blonde, the brunette, whatever. Yeah. Elvis is the dark hair. Cookie's the light hair. He falls in love with this cute Italian waitress, Tina, who was played by Leticia Roman, who is the star of The Girl Who Knew Too Much, which is a kind of a famous oh. horror movie, I think. Okay, yeah. And he says, oh, Tina, I respect you. And it's like, okay. And so that's when they go back to her place. And this is when you said before, like, they're, they're making out as the lights go off. And then as the lights go off, Elvis and Lily walk in. And it's like, oh, my God, they're roommates. That was a cool twist. I mean, I could kind of feel it possibly happening. And I'm glad that they did that because it created a good moment. You know what I mean? Like, he blows... Uh, both dates are ruined. Yeah, and I, I didn't see it coming, honestly, but I think okay. it's it's a smart way to be like, yeah, you have to ruin both dates because, like, you can't just have Cookie and Tina bang. I don't. I guess you could, but it's like, mm. Well, you got to prolong this thing, you know? The date they can't be over in one night. Yeah, like, Elvis 40, isn't that good. We're 45 minutes in or so. Like, 50, we're, we're 50-ish minutes in, maybe, mm-hmm. to an, a movie that you said before was an hour 45, right? Like, it's yeah. just like, there's a yeah, lot yeah, of this yeah. movie left. And, like, he can't win the bet unless 
the movie becomes something different, which in which case, sure, I'm okay with that. So there's one part they could have probably cut out to make it a little shorter, and that's when they're walking back to Lily's house on their date, and she's like, when do I get to hear about your famous, you know, railroad uncle? He's like, oh, shucks, like, I don't have no famous uncle, nothing like that. And he talks about being raised by his Cherokee grandmother who smoked a pipe every day yep. and played guitar and his uncle Leaping Bear. I don't know, man. <laughs> but you know what? It made me also think of another Brad Pitt army movie of uh, Inglorious Bastards, Aldo Rain is supposed to be a, a descendant of, like, I think, um, indigenous American peoples as well and stuff. Um, so that's why he's asking for the scalps. Oh, okay. Because isn't he also the most Italian of them, or is he not? Is he third no, most he, Italian? No, he, he talks about being descendant of mountain man Jim Bridger or something okay. like that. And then I figured the rest was probably like actual Cherokee or something. I think he might mention Interesting. It, but. Okay. But it's just, it's just this weird, again, it's another Brad Pitt war movie, mm-hmm. parallel to Elvis, mm-hmm. making my head hurt. Brad Pitt is as handsome as Elvis, right? So Yeah, Brad Pitt could play Elvis, so could have. So then Marla comes in. Have we met Marla at this point, this, like the baby? Because I feel like there's just a guy who no. shows up. No, this is way out of nowhere. This right, is Elvis' was, other friend. I was confused, because like, this dude, Rick... Yeah. Knocks on this old woman's door and, like, is Marla home? And she's like, no, Marla doesn't live here anymore, basically. And then she, he leaves and she sneaks next door and, like, Marla, he came back. She's and like, then, I don't want to see him. Yeah, I had his baby. He can't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, I don't know why this is here either because it makes it more sort of contrived and, and harder to follow. And at the end, like, okay, it's kind of fun to see Elvis babysit, but it's a screaming baby, people. And it's, like, on camera for, like, five minutes yelling. And it's, like, not fun to listen to you know like it's just weird that this is the beat that they used to sort of like add to the end of the movie it could have been like because they could have tied it up with her finding out so much better yep i also don't understand the timeline because like the baby is not like it's not like a t- like it's, it's a baby but like it's not like a newborn baby like it, the baby's probably like six months old so maybe? i was thinking that too is because he said he's only been gone for about a year I was like, is he? Is she just telling him it's her baby? It's his baby? Is it one of those? Is there even a deeper level here saying that? I don't know. Hey, at least but it's then, not a comedian situation. What's the end goal? Is he going to stay in Germany, or is she going to move back to America? Because like they're they're making an honest baby out of it, right? But like, right, right, right. I guess whatever it takes for him. Because she mentioned that I find out that you're engaged back home to some girl, and he's like, no, honey, like that ain't it. That's not true. I love you, baby. Like yeah. I'm with the kid. You've got the kid, so I'm sticking around. Wild. So while this is all going on and Cookie and Tina are doing their thing off screen, this is when Elvis and Lily continue their romance. They go on this date. You know, this is the thing you were saying earlier with like this landmark, that landmark, yeah, this landmark. Yeah, day two. Elvis, almost off the bat here, is just like, so you know you have a reputation as a cold potato and an original <laughs> fish eye or whatever. And I'm like, Elvis, why are you? What are you he's do- like, they call you ice queen. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. I have no idea. Because he, like, it's so... And she's okay with it. Well, she's not upset. Maybe she, she she knows. She thinks she's, that he's being sarcastic or something because in their first date, he was calling her, like, honey or babe or something. And she's like, don't call me that. So he started calling her ma'am and kind of, like, yes. mocking her. And she's yes. like, okay, I get it. You're a silly boy in this. And so, like, I wonder if he was just sort of, like, feeling her out more because of the bet or if he totally forgot he was, like, on a bet date. And was just, like, letting his mouth run. It is so wild, though. I don't understand. But she's into it. They have a nice date. They go. And this is the big takeaway number two for me. They go to a German puppet show. Oh, this is the best scene. This is so amazing. And he's like, oh, I always wish. I always wanted to go to a puppet show. uh, But I never got the chance when I was seven. She's like, you can be seven again. Like, let's just go. And so they go. And they're just two adults sitting in a crowd of kids. I've always wanted to go to a puppet show. (laughs) There's the puppeteer, I guess, behind the stage, and there's, like, this musician, right? He's, like, doing the accompaniment for this. He's telling the story or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then his, I don't know if it's a grammar funk or whatever, breaks. Mm-hmm. And Elvis is like, I got this. Like, I'll save the day. And he goes up there, 
And so this is a famous German folk song, Musi den zum Stadel in Hineus. I butchered uh, that. Um, it was first music released in the 1830s. Ears. Okay. He made a... He, Elvis, Eight, 1830s. 1830s. Mm, mm. Elvis has a version, which is here, which is the song this Wooden Heart. Terrific. Which is a huge hit in Germany. About 400,000 records are sold in a few weeks. Oh, so, yeah. Like, this is huge. Because how often does he sing in another language in his life? Like, he never recorded a song in Japanese. Like, I know they, they loved him. You know, he never recorded a song in any other language, did he? Spanish Elvis would have been amazing. We'll, we'll find out. Maybe we'll find Yeah, maybe. But what's crazy is that he is an American boy, like a Southern boy, yeah. seemingly has no real worldly concept and yet knows this German folk song or <laughs> or ad libs a song on the spot but does so by singing essentially a love song to a puppet. Yes. It is visually the imagery is so Which I think it has unique. to be the art for this. Oh, it it's definitely the art, but it's like so unique and surreal and sort of like this great pop art image of Elvis you know, who's usually singing and crooning to a bunch of, let's face it, mostly girls in the crowd there and stuff. And now here, the, the, it's a puppet. It's like singing to Miss Piggy. It's like serenading Miss Piggy yeah. or something. I just love it. And this whole song is like, please, baby, don't break up with me because I'm a human being. I'm not a puppet. I don't have a wooden heart. <laughs> uh, if you dump me, I will tear in two. Uh, and then don't the, the, the kids like start singing in? And, oh, the uh, kids love it. Oh my god, it's so great! Because the kids turn on the puppeteer quick. They're like, "Boo!" Oh, and this guy's like a thousand years old. He like wrote the song in 1830. Yeah, and he's sitting around still, just like waiting to die. And these little kids are like, "Puppet show, puppet show!" It's wild. So then they continue their date on a sky tram over the city. That's cool. They kiss passionately. This is when he sings to her my favorite song in this movie, Pocket Full of Rainbows. Oh, yeah, the Rainbow Song, where she joins in. Or is that, that can't be her singing. I don't know, because it's also like, I was thinking, this is where like the weirdness of the situation struck me, because I'm like, imagine being a girl in a movie and having Elvis there like singing to you. I was also like, he might not actually be singing, because this is not, like, what we're hearing is not what he's singing in the booths. Like, maybe he's lip syncing, maybe he's just singing soft. I, I don't, like, it was the weirdness of the situation. Like, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But whatever happens, in some world, she's sitting next to Elvis while he's singing her love song. Yeah. And, like, she, in that moment, is the only girl in the world. Yeah. But she kind of joins in on that one, if I, if I remember correctly. So it's like they do a little bit of, like, a duet kind of thing. And I think, like, story-wise, that's kind of interesting is that, like, you know, they're starting to, I guess, become more in sync or something. They're starting to conjoin a little more. Yeah. Like, they're singing the same song now. So, like, what's next? And this is my favorite song in the movie for one specific delivery of a word, which oh. is, in the chorus, kiss, kiss me extra tender, hold me extra tight, because I'm saving your sweetness for a lonely night. <laughs> but then it continues, like, I, 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 I. Like, there's, like, a whole extra line of night. It's excessive in a way that I'm very much into. And I, that's that one word is why that's my favorite song in the movie. That's another instance I feel of Elvis like cutting loose and, and like not being such a like a, you know, pardon the parlance of the time, but such a fuddy duddy or something or like, a, is that it? Yeah. Like, you know, he, he's not uh, he's not beyond any of that stuff. No. He doesn't take himself too seriously. And this is a great reminder of that. Yep. Of so many great expressions on his face. <laughs> like he's got like a rubber face at times. It's like a Jim Carrey performance at times. Yeah. The behind the scenes is that the DP for this movie, Loyal Griggs, great name, fell from the tram car while they were filming oh, this. Oh, no. Plunged 30 feet to Wait. the vineyards below, was well, not seriously injured. I, like, the dude we're... fell out of the sky lift. They're not really in that tram car. So that must have been shooting, going to shoot that footage just for this movie. Like Elvis isn't even there and you fall 30 feet. Because like... this is also framed within a world or in the context of the car where 
It's like basically like a, a seat and a half wide. It's like you can fit two people inside, but like it's it's yeah. The ones at Great Adventure tight. are much bigger than this, and you kind of need to have that, the weight balanced because yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be like literally tipped. And Elvis like goes over to her, and she's like, "We we gotta we can't do this." And she goes over to the other side, and then like he goes back over. But like it does feel like that they would have fallen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were. I thought the gag was going to be they get stuck, and that's when he starts singing to her like, "Oh, I gotta kill some time. Yeah. <laughs> Let me sing a song." And they, you know, don't you expect them to be like, look, a rainbow, and then sing the song about rainbows? <laughs> I don't know. So this is the part where Cookie sends Tina to Milan. Amazing. I don't really know why. Okay, so let me break this down, because in the moment is different than the actual reason. He's talking to Tina, and they're like, oh, you got family there. She's like, oh, I miss him so much. And, he, and, and so he buys her this plane ticket, and is like, I'm going to do something nice because I love you. Like, I'm going to send you to go meet your family, and then when I'm done here, I'll come meet you there, and, you know, we'll go tour Italy and stuff. So she gets to the airport, and there's like a two-hour delay, and he's like, all right, I'll catch you later. She's like, you don't have to wait. Uh, then she shows back up at the club, and he's like, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be out of the country. So what he did was put Lily's roommate on a plane out of the country oh. so Elvis could have the apartment all night oh. and no interruption. Okay. And then she comes back and he has to take her out like till four in the morning. Oh, when he's like, it's one o'clock. She's like, it was one o'clock two hours ago. And like, yeah, you yeah, see yeah. his watch is three o'clock. Waiter, we want more beer. She's like, what? Oh, God dude, damn it. What the hell? Like, you don't have to send her out of the freaking country, yeah. dude. Like, Okay. So that makes sense. Good. Thank you. Well, it makes sense, but I mean, it's it, not it, it makes sense within the movie, right? Let's, let's leave it at that. At the same time, Elvis is like, Lily, I'm falling in love with you. We got to break up because it's not going to end well, and <laughs> oh, I'm going to yeah. spare both of our feelings. I hurt, I hurt everybody. You're like, that's my thing. Like, you're just going to get hurt. And so then, Haven't you been listening to my songs? <laughs> so then before Tina comes back, Cookie's at the club, and he's like, I'm going to go. I thought he was going to try to score with Lily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he goes, and he's like, oh, shit, she's still in love with Elvis. Yeah, because Elvis broke it off kind of like a gentleman, I guess, right? I yeah. I mean, the best he could. And like, so he goes backstage in her room. They have champagne. He comes out to the table and he's like, she's still carrying a torch. Like, literally, like, she's still in love with Elvis. We still got a shot. And so she does another dance number. This is the number that you like more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought this one was a little better, a little more sort of like controlled. And I don't know. It just seemed like I could follow it better. And I guess what at this point I was expecting her to dance again. Yep. You know, so I was like, okay, this isn't out of nowhere anymore. And then there's a 20 minute chunk of this movie. There's no music. Weird. Really weird. That's the whole like babysitting thing. Right? Yeah. yeah. And eventually he's going to sing Big Boots as the lullaby. But like this is where he gets stuck babysitting Rick and Marla's baby. And like it, one of my favorite things in this movie is when the baby grabs the entire sandwich. <laughs> yes. Yes. And like, I don't know, because it's like a little baby hand and a huge sandwich. But like the baby's just like <laughs> because of the actual baby holding it. And like, it's just like it's under his arm, whatever. But they have like a little like robotic arm or whatever or something grab a gigantic it, sandwich it's, it's like it's a toy arm very funny this is basically an episode of full house where like uncle jesse had to watch michelle yeah you know where it's like the cool uncle has like the baby duty and everything like that duty he's also still military mode because he like yells air like the baby starts crying he's like air raid and he just it goes he's like oh wait no it's just it's just a baby <laughs> yeah this is way more traumatic for him than actual battle yeah you know well, he hasn't been in battle i guess yeah you're right. Well, we haven't seen him in battle. When he goes home, he's like, you're not going to believe war was hell. I had a babysit. <laughs> what? There was this crazy date. I had to I really... Wasn't supposed, I wasn't supposed to sleep with women, but... <laughs> I got married to this beautiful girl who's an amazing dancer. I mean, war, dude. Well, that's just my German wife. She's staying over there now. Vietnam, man. So then Elvis sings Big Boots, and he grabs the world's tiniest functional piano and <laughs> plays a lullaby to a baby about Big Boots, because his daddy's Big Boots... 
one time, Big Boots used to wear little boots just like you. And just like a very sweet song. I think this may be the first lullaby he's sung in the thing. So Sleep Little Soldier, Don't You Cry, Lulu, 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 Lulu. General Sandman's soon coming by. All right. So one thing we didn't mention about this that I thought was just like hurt me so hard in my head is like Elvis calls up Lily at the club and is like, look, Lily, like I know we just broke up, but like I got this baby here and I'm babysitting and I got I had no idea what to do because I'm a guy and like I can't change a nappy or anything. Yep. Instead of giving Lily the address to where Elvis is to just come over there, she goes, get the baby. It's two in the morning, by the way. Yeah. Get the baby, put him in a bassinet, take a cab, come over to my place with the baby, and we'll deal with it there. What is that about? I think that's the movie being like, the bet was exclusively, they need to sleep at her place. Of course, that's the bet. But like, then don't introduce the baby. <laughs> I'm like, that's the problem. When Elvis goes in to break up with her, that's when she finds or, out. Or a n- more normal thing is that, eh, normal, again, a stretch <laughs> Elvis losing his mind he's like we need to go for a walk he puts the baby in a stroller and then like Lily's outside getting yeah. home and like she's just there he's like I can't and she's That's like come better. on up I'll help you That's better Don't not load the baby up and come to me it's insane. Insanity. Oh, I thought he was going to confess to Lily. Right. No, that like that's what that's how that's how that's the movie, movie should have gone. And she slaps him and then gets back together. Because yeah. By the end. Happy then he goes and babysits and he's like, I right. need your help. <laughs> but then this is like we were saying before that she sees the GIs passing out their winnings very loudly in the street. Then a fellow GI asks him about the bet in front of her. And then she says to Elvis, you really underestimate your attraction. It's like, well, not really. He's Elvis. Yeah. I, this is when I wrote 10 minutes to find out about the bet in front forgive him yeah because that was one of the things where i'm like i'm checking the movie because i'm like this is a long movie and i'm like you know long for what it needs to be i would say and i'm just like how again like you i don't know how it's 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 plotted wrong i don't know i don't there's not it's it's the songs i think is probably the script here's what happened the script was on point the script was like an hour and 15 minutes right it's like one of those old universal monster scripts the songs they padded this shit out with the songs and it just you know, got too long, I think, is maybe... Because there are two... I like the songs. There's too many songs. A lot of songs. And some of them are kind of like B-sides. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. She finds out that Elvis was the, baby, the babysitter after all, which apparently fixes everything, like we said. You then, didn't borrow the baby, you mean? He's like, you want to get married? And she says, yes. And then he sings, did you ever? Honestly, just like the big, the big USO show at the end. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, have one of those days where nothing goes right. Girls, like, girls, girls, girls. Like I was thinking of Jay-Z at the end because he could say girls and girls and girls and girls. And they just yep. keep cutting to girls in the audience like, that's us. We're women. Who's <laughs> awful nice but cold as ice. You're in a drive-in movie with a cute brunette, accounting on the kisses that you're going to get. Closer, closer, then she hollers, whoa, did you ever get one of them girls who just wants to watch the show? Show, 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 show. You're on a Sunday picnic and then it starts to pour. You run through poison ivy, scratch till you're sore. Ants come dancing, carry off the bread. Did you ever get one of those days when you should have stayed in bed? So the movie ends on a, a song that's about like, you ever have one of those days where nothing goes right? But you got married to a beautiful, talented woman <laughs> who had No, this ever- wasn't the day he's talking about. He was talking about the other day. It wasn't this movie. God damn it. But he's had one of those days and he's like, look. <laughs> I don't think Elvis has ever had one of those days. Uh, I think later on, you know. I not, think that, not, not to this point. Not to this point, no. Amazing. That's Incredible. The movie. That's, That's the movie. That's it. Any other thoughts about it before we play some other games and such and so on? You know, this again, despite it not being the story I want, expected, or would have been much easier to tell. Right. Uh, and being this other thing I've seen a million times before, I still like that it's Elvis doing this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. that's 
part of it i think that's the thing it's like you said it's like elvis goes to the beach elvis is a race car driver now like this and like that's i'm cool with that like that doesn't bother me about his sort of uh career you know um i really just like him i like watching him a lot like i think he's really good even in this very problematic movie his character is even sort of comes out the best out of everybody else and uh i think he did a good job man i think i like elvis yeah i'm glad we're back yeah what's the best song in the movie what's your favorite song in the movie mine's pocket full of rainbow man i want to say gi blues but this move this version just does not kick it the way like i've heard covers and stuff and i still like king creole as a better song but the rainbows is a good one i like the one on the train a lot i thought that was a good one too uh i think i'll go with the rainbow duet i like that one yeah it's a very strange sort of sequence too up in the like up in that gondola thing so I think I forgot that we did, but we have been doing a la IndieWire, what they used to do, which I don't know if they still do because movies aren't in theaters really right now. But we did the best Elvis song so far. Right. So after the first song was Poor Boy, because Poor Boy is a classic. And then in Loving You, it became Lonesome Cowboy. And Lonesome yep. Cowboy is on a three-movie streak. Yeah. I don't think there's any movie in this or any song in this movie that's better than Lonesome Cowboy. No, I was thinking about that, too. And we only get the one ballad, and it gets interrupted. And I was like, oh, I'm digging this song. Like, this is almost giving me a Lonesome Cowboy vibe. And then jailhouse rock comes on or whatever (laughs) blue suede shoes it's like what all right so then we mentioned this earlier how forced are the songs in this movie on a scale of one to ten ten is like it all perfectly makes sense we so far Mm -hmm. have had a six for love me tender an eight for loving you a five for jailhouse rock and a nine for king creole yeah it's up i'd say it's up there i mean i'd say about i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give about a seven and a half i might even go up to eight the thing about king creole is that like most of that singing took place on like Bourbon Street where people just like break in the song, I guess, right. sometimes. And like you catch people performing in the street and then like he's in the nightclubs here. He's just singing everywhere. Like it's a little bit weirder. Yeah, it's that, like, like singing in the shower, singing in the train, singing his love song. It's like we're the at the show. bar yeah. and it's like, hey, like, oh, look, that guy's got an instrument. Let's sing a song. Right. Like everywhere. So it's a little less for me, but they did a good job from him being in a band and having kind of these situations where like the record player broke anybody know how to sing a song right <laughs> like, yeah let's let's settle on a seven and a half out of ten i think okay. i think that's pretty good i don't remember specifically loving you but i i feel you know i'm oh i'm okay i'm okay with i think that wasn't that another one where like someone wanted to market elvis and like it wasn't fitting his image and he needed to switch it up again and it was like these like crafty record producers or something i feel like that's happened to him two or three times Loving You, oh, he's a delivery man, right, with a country western singer Tex Warner. Yeah, that was a good, I like that one. I mean, you know, within the scope of everything, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so the next movie we're doing, whenever it is, is Flaming Star. Oh, okay. So I know for, one thing about it. Really? It's a western. Okay. So for reference, G.I. Blues had a 6.3 on, on IMDb, with just over 3,000 people have seen it. This is a 6.5 on IMDb, which is over 3,000 oh. people have seen it. G.I. Blues on Letterboxd is a 2.9. This has a 3.2. So it seems like a okay. slight uptick in terms of quality, according to people who have watched it. So what yes. do you think? So it's a Western. I believe it's a Western. I saw the cover. I did not read the back. So what do you think Flaming Star is about? I mean, it's probably about like a guy. He's, he's got to be the Flaming Star, right? Right. So it's probably about, and, and you know, a star that burns bright, shines twice as short. Is that the idea? Sure. So like maybe it's about like this cattle ranched guy who... Uh, has a great voice and gets signed to a record label, but turns more sort of to like the dark side and the excess and stuff and burns out real quick. And just at the end goes back to working on the ranch at the end. And boy, what a, what a 
what a strange sort of like jaunt I had there in the record industry for a minute. And like, he's all back, you know, at the end, I don't, you know, again, no idea, but I'm going to sort of, that's in my mind, that idea that like, oh, Elvis gets discovered. Elvis blows up. Elvis sort of like takes a bad, his career takes a turn and Elvis ends back up at square one. I like that. It's also very dark. Yeah, it might be Not a very dark, dark, but kind of dark, but also, you know, that he's going to be okay in the end because he's Elvis, yeah, right? Yeah. Because we know that Elvis never dies again. We learned that, right? Remember, oh, uh, he... yeah. And not only did he die, but he came back as a ghost. So, right. You know, and that that was when his mom was like, "You can never die in a movie." He's like, "You got a mama." And that, didn't he even say, "We got to show me as a ghost because my mom's upset." I think so. What a what a good son. So okay, so we need to figure out. I need to figure out. It's a western where he needs to become a singer songwriter, right? <laughs> that's that's the gist of this. I'm gonna say he lives in a rodeo town. All right. There's like a clown or something. The performer, the entertainer, falls ill. Okay. And Elvis needs to... I guess I'm probably thinking of loving you with, like, the Tex Western guy or whatever. And he needs to fill in for entertainer at this rodeo, and then it becomes... He joins the traveling rodeo. It's like Baskets. Yeah, it's Baskets. (laughs) Yours is a better movie, I think, but I think yours is also way too complicated for an Elvis storyline. It feels more like a modern thing, too. You know, like, I don't think, like, movies back then wanted to leave people depressed on the ride home or the walk to the park for ice cream. Yeah, that's fine, though. I mean, the wars were going on, but, you know, why think about them? Let's not think about it. Let's just think about, you know, girls. Uh, The last segment we have is our Riley Keough roundup. Riley Keough being Elvis' granddaughter. So Zola coming out soon. Should have come out last year, I think. But uh, I can't wait for that. I haven't seen the trailer. I'm very excited for this. I I didn't even read the Twitter thread. I didn't read the Twitter thread. I did. I did see the trailer. It doesn't show a lot it's a brief thing and i watched an interview with the director the like the zola i guess like everybody on a panel together i watched an interview it was not very revealing it was just more about like the process i guess and that's when i found out it was based on the twitter feed gotcha i didn't even know that anything else she's doing she's mostly promoting that i think i think that's about it i mean we love her we stand her here on this podcast Riley, we would, we would, I mean, I know that you're probably a big Amazon listener, Riley. So if you want to, you're one of those people who have listened to the podcast. <laughs> if it's like her, Lisa Marie, Cage is checking in once in a while. Like, I'm wondering what the Presleys are up to. Yeah, man. Any other thoughts about GI Blues? No. No, thank you. What do you want to plug? Because there's been a okay. new show since we last. Yeah, yeah. So Both have a new show. Plug the new show uh, first. And uh, it's doing pretty well. Dan has been uh, sharing the uh, the input with me. So me and uh, myself and Dan Cologne, we have a show right now called The Monsters That Made Us, where we are... Also available on Amazon, Also I think. available on Is Amazon. It? I, yeah, it's available everywhere uh, that our podcasts are available, that the Cage Club Network podcasts are. So The Monsters That Made Us is the last Friday of every month where Dan and I are going back and looking at the history of Universal Monsters. And it's been a lot of fun so far. It's one a month at the moment. We're still back in the 30s, you know, we're talking Dracula's Daughter, which is a great movie. Everyone should check that one out. Dracula had a daughter. Um, she's awesome. Third Time's a Charm is still going. So that's the third. What's uh, June 3? You know, what's, what's your next one? June 3rd is going to be, oh, Star Trek Beyond. Oh. So, you know. Justin Lin. Yeah. A little bit of a, I shout out the Too Fast, Too Forever crew in that one. Love it. Uh, a little bit of space drifting mm. by the Enterprise. Check that out. All to the song of Sabotage. And then uh, Dan the Duke. Hayden is going to be on that episode. So very, very cool. Out. Very, very cool. We've got Too Fast, Too Forever going strong every Tuesday. So tomorrow, as this comes out, tomorrow will be the episode kicking off lap nine, the Fast and the Furious lap nine, our ninth time through the movies as we count down. Wow. I don't know if the cross section, the, the cross section between people who like Elvis movies and Fast and Furious movies might just be you and me. I don't know. <laughs> but we're doing lap nine, which is modern car movie laps. 
our modern, modern the lap for modern car movies and just the road to f9 so we're doing that tomorrow is the fast and the furious the first one thursday june 3rd next thursday we're starting our podcast book club how to win the lottery me and my friend bob we are doing 10 books every two weeks we read a new book we talk about it first book up is death in her hands by otessa moshfeg so if you're on amazon now go check out the kindle section whatever check out death in her hands heavy but good cool book so cool all right for all things viva pod vegas you go to cageclub.me facebook.com slash cage club or at cage club pod on twitter and instagram email us king k-i-n-g at cageclub.me and come back next time for flaming star a movie either about a rodeo entertainer <laughs> or uh, someone who shines bright and falls back home to his it's, it's the story of icarus truly <laughs> i'm joey lewandowski and i'm mike manzi and we'll see you next time right here on viva pod vegas I don't worry whenever skies are gray above. Got a pocket full of rainbows, got a heart full of love.